and we are live here with another episode of in space i am your host as always chris connor i got a special guest here who thanks to twitter i did not think this this would even be possible at one point when <laughs> twitter decided to die yeah yeah no honestly what a perfect timing to try to do a podcast because as soon as you wanted to send the dm to send the zoom link twitter crashes on you that's just unfair unfair man <laughs> all right well if you guys are unfamiliar man i'm 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 live here with with s barahini um he NBA reporter from SDPN Sports. Uh, really good, really good Twitter follow. I know formerly you did work with The Score, Raptors Republic, TSN. Um, and you also got a podcast, the Objective Basketball Podcast and the yep. No Good Pod. So um, if y'all get a chance, please go and follow them. It's always good. And for specifically for what we're about to get into, um, you know, Pelicans are in a situation um, I mean, ironically, the Zion, Zion news dropped today that, that he won't be um, he'll be reevaluated after the, the all-star break. And we'll see where that where that leads this team. But um, the main purpose, regardless of whether of, of Zion's return was talking like the Pelicans needed and were interested in making a lot of different moves. And there have been several names linked to some that you have talked about. Um, in depth, <laughs> yeah, 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 you know, so, um, but one of the things I want to, I actually want to start with S is I'm big on, I'm big on learning about learning more about players. than I think I know, right. I, I don't watch every single Raptors game. I don't watch every single Hawks game. I don't watch, I mean, the only, the only games I watch consistently night in and night out, um, that I can attest to are the Pelicans. So, um, let's get into some of um the news or some of the chatter that's been dialed in a, a, about the Raptors. And I know, I know who I know who you're gonna ask about. You man. know, you know, what I, I know who you're about to ask about, man. But where where are the Raptors? Period. Now, because the because the Pelicans have been linked to multiple players, right? Yeah, yeah, I feel you. I think um, if you were to ask me a week ago, the the Raptors would be in a situation where they're about to sell and they would probably be looking at uh, one of Fred Van Vliet or Gary Trent Jr. just because they're free agents this summer on top of potentially OG Ananobi because of the reasons that have been reported, right? Whether it be his dissatisfaction or him wanting a bigger role, et cetera, et cetera. I think those are the three guys primarily that you would be looking at. But five, five days ago and today is a little bit of a different story because I think the Kyrie situation put a wrench in things. I think it made right it now. so. Yeah, I, I I think whether it's valid or not, I think it's made it so that a lot of teams believe they can get Kevin Durant. And the Raptors, like the Pelicans, are probably one of those teams that thinks they have a shot at Kevin Durant. So now they're they're not as willing to be trigger happy on trades versus being willing to be trigger happy on trades you know what i mean like i think there's just a reluctance there for them to do something now and that probably applies to a lot of the league i honestly that probably applies to a lot of the league but that's probably where they're at right now they're, they're trying to battle that line of like okay do we wait for another guy or do we not and do we you know kind of stick with whatever plan we probably had here of of shaking things up so i mean 
the players that have been, and they've been quite a few, but you've, you've heard Pascal Siaka's name mentioned, right? You've heard uh, Fred Van Fleet's name mentioned. And the two that I've heard the most, and that may be because as a, as a, um, a watcher and a fan of the Pelicans, the two that I think would help them, and I mean various other teams, the, the most, all things considered, are OG Ananobi and Gary Trey Jr. So from afar, People look at the Raptors, maybe those that aren't that aren't um, lucky enough to watch them night in and night out. And they wonder, OK, you have all of these talented players, right? All of these guys that are individuals that are worth this kind of draft capital, this kind of return. Why are they struggling? Kind of kind of educate me on that. I think it's less about the individual players, but the sum of their parts. Um, I think. When it comes to them playing collectively, it's proven that there's a bit of redundancy on the roster. Guys are, one, guys are fighting for the same money, if you think about who's a free agent in the coming years. And two, guys are also fighting for the same touches. And there's no necessary hierarchy of, like, who is the top dog. So every single night, it could be a different person. Some nights that ends up being OG. Some nights that ends up being Gary. Most nights it's Pascal and Freddie and and Scotty obviously is in there as well as, as another guy to deal with. If it was just those four and not Scotty and not, this is not to say Scotty, but Scotty is kind of throwing a wrench in things because of how good he is, where it's like, okay, we don't have enough touches for all five of these guys who absolutely need or want the ball in their hands. So instead of it being like, yo, why did, why does this not work? What is, what is wrong with this team? I think it's about the fact that these players are not players that just match together consistently. There's a little bit of redundancy. And if you were to take away one of those players, like an OG, like a Fred, like a Gary, this light keeps turning off, um, like a like a Gary, there's a shot that maybe now that system works. And if you get a little bit more depth, guys who don't need touches, guys who don't need the ball in their hands, if you get guys like that, then maybe the system will work a little bit better. But right now, it's just everybody is hungry for touches. That's what it is. And they believe they deserve those touches. So that's why the team is underperforming compared to what you kind of see on the court and what what the guys can be individually. Yeah. And you know what? It kind of, you know, is difficult from my perspective because because uh, I've I've even dating dating back to when to when Kawhi was a was a Raptor. I was a big fan of of OG and Anobi, Right. I, and then when Kawhi left. Right. I thought he was going to make a leap. And I think he actually did. I think he was he was on the way to being um, you know, uh, an all-star kind of kind of guy, kind of talent. I think the opportunity was gonna be there, right? I th- I think, yeah, I think look, from a Raptors perspective, a lot of people expected that. Like there were it, it, you're not alone in thinking that way. There's a lot of fans, there's a lot of media people who expected OG at some point to get to that spot. So I yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that year uh, he gets hurt, which I really think kind of is where this takes a complete different, a completely different direction. He gets hurt. The Raptors right. end up end up in a situation. A bunch of other things happen. They end up in a situation. They they get Scotty, and then you already had Van Vliet there. You already like you know. I think uh, that was the year. I'm forgetting. I'm forgetting his name. The backup. The backup big who ended up playing well. Now who maybe fell out of Nick Nurse's favor in the rotation. But, like, 
and, and we already know the Raptors do well at developing talent. Siakam is, you know, has been fantastic as well. It gets to a point to where now, you know, well, maybe Scotty's the future. And instead right. of maybe the focus being or the emphasis being on OG, him maybe being a number two option or, you know, the emphasis being and getting him the basketball one. Now he's down to third or fourth, depending on the night. Yeah. Um, hey, he's he's last among those guys that you mentioned. He's last in usage. He's last in usage, dead last. So, like, yeah, it seems like he's gotten the short end of the stick. And I don't blame him for wanting to try more because, you know, to your point, and I feel like you were trying to allude to it earlier, but, like, the whole who is this guy actually? And I appreciate the fact that you you asked, like, that's the that's your approach to things. Because, hey, we can't watch all 30 teams. I'm, I'm an NBA reporter. I try to keep up with everybody, but yeah, you sometimes fall behind on some of the players. I think the, um, I think with OG in terms of like what you think that guy is as a player, I think he's a guy who, when you watch on a, on a game to game basis, will not have one drop off defensively. The man is legitimately one of the best, if not the best wing defender in the NBA. Um, and you know, a lot of people draw that, draw that like Kawhi comparison because of that, because he has the tools to be able to guard one to five. I think that's what really draws his attention. OG is like 250 pounds. He's a big dude. He's a big dude. And that actually ends up helping him guard bigger guys, guard your Jokic's guard your like, like the, the Raptors main guy who guards Jokic ends up being Ananobi. The guy who guards Giannis ends up being OG. The guy who guards Donovan Mitchell ends up being OG. Those three players have completely different ways to play basketball. They they play completely different positions. But OG is consistently the assignment on them. That versatility is is what I think personally draws the attention of the Pelicans the most cuz y'all love that switch heavy scheme. So that's that's all yeah. I, I guess that you go ahead. You go. So ahead. let me let me so let me ask you this because I mean I, I this this won't be a complete this won't be like a, an OG and an OB show, right? Complete. I know, I know, I, I know, I, I know, I, I know. He's the prize to me, like out of like like the realistic prize. Everybody wants, you know. Um, there's uh, anybody that has any anything close to offer should be calling the Nets to see if Kevin Durant is available. Sure, of course, sure. and yeah, you, of I, course. it makes a hundred percent sense, but. You know, it feels like the more the more gettable option, and especially for winning teams that you know someone who isn't going to require, you know, whether it's up to what OG wants as an individual right now, a ton of yeah. usage is OG. My question is, and we will get to Gary Trent, is what do you think that's worth, and what's the what's the actual truth about what the Raptors genuinely want? I think the Raptors want a young guy back. And like a, a young guy of substance. Uh, you see the question here, La Pena Donola. Yes, Dyson Daniels is the guy that most people are targeting when it comes to a trade for OG Ananobi. Because they look at him in a similar vein in the sense that like you, you watch him defensively. You see, I don't want to say you see some of the OG stuff. But like he has that versatility to him where he can switch. He can guard multiple positions. He's out here closing out. And then he's also guarding your guard. Like he's doing all the things that you can see OG doing within the scheme and also on top of that he's an excellent playmaker he's this guy who's is this big guard right um i think dyson is a guy the raptors would absolutely be uh, like interested in from what i've i i know they were interested in in the draft they were reported in in looking 
at Dyson Daniels for the draft and moving up. And the guy that we're planning to use was the guy we're talking about yeah, right now. Yeah. So, so it just, uh, I just, I think there's some sort of a connection there. It just depends on the level of the interest with the Pelicans, to be honest with you, and what their, I guess, reluctance or not reluctance is to be able to include Dyson or maybe say, hey, like, well, you know, we, we want to give up another player instead, another young guy. And those, the young guys, and I'm curious to see because I'd love to hear what your opinion is on this. Between Dyson, Trey, and Herb, what is your ranking of willingness to move? Man, um, that's because I'm that, curious. I'm curious. My, like what I think or my personal ranking? Your personal ranking. My yeah. m- my personal ranking of willing, willing to willing to move in an in an OG deal. Yeah, yeah, would be, yeah. Would be Herb Dyson Trey. Okay, so Trey is last. Damn, Trey would be I, last. I, I had to try. I Trey would be try. last. I mean, because you need like. And I mean, we can talk like Trey as an as an individual talent is one thing. Um, some of the improvements he made, you know, he's made this year, still has some, I think, some strides to take defensively. You want to see, you know, he has to get stronger. I mean, he's still he's still developing in a lot of areas. For sure. But that shooting with that with that athleticism, you know, homegrown, small market on a rookie deal, like sure. showing off you, a little bit of with Zion, Brandon, yeah. like like you know, you need. I think you have to. You have to keep that, you know, at for as long as you can, realistically. Um, I mean, but I mean, but I'll tell you this. I mean, I've heard I, I've heard more people that would know close close to the Pelicans say that Dyson is 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 untouchable. Um, maybe in, in in a in a sense more than Trey. Interesting. Which is interesting to me. Wow, that is interesting. That that's uh I mean that's the first I heard I've heard of that, but like that, if that's true, I think the Raptors would be equally interested in Trey. I think like all three of those guys kind of fit the bill of what the Raptors look for, right? Size, athleticism, strength, being able to guard multiple positions. I think that's something that's very clear that they're looking for. So to your question about what they would want back for Ananobi, it's a guy who can replicate some of the stuff that he does defensively. Which, in my opinion, like maybe at some point, all three of those guys can do. Um, and, and you know, I think offensively, be able to have some kind of potential and upside as well. So, I think they prioritize young guys more than picks. To be honest with you, if mm. they're going for if they're going for an OG trade, I don't think it's like I know we've seen the reports of three picks, two picks, three picks, two picks, right? But I don't think they're looking at picks as actual draft picks. I think they're looking at it as like guys who are young guys plus picks, which amounts to three picks. So it's like we get two prospects and one pick. All right, cool. That's three picks. We get one prospect and two picks. That's still three picks. You know what I mean? Okay. Because that's where, that's where things get lost. Right. Because I think some of the things that have been reported and this, I mean, we know so much, nothing, nothing really gets real until, today right i mean t- typically yeah. i mean that that's yeah. just how it how it goes there's a bunch of posturing and games through the media and we understand that 100 percent. but i think that's the disconnect with some um in regards to what is realistic some may say all right i'll give you dyson and herb but i'll give you and i'll give you a draft pick but it has to be heavily protected um 
I think there's been reports of saying, all right, we, you know, they want two young players and maybe two picks or three picks, whatever the case may be. And some may say, all right, I don't give you Dyson in a couple of picks. Yeah, I'm just curious of what the various. Yeah, look, I I get it. And look, the Raptors, they're going to do their best to get like the most possible, right? So obviously the the back and forth between the them and the reporting and what goes out there, there is a little bit of posturing. There is a little bit of like playing that leverage game. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm sure every other team does that as well. But I think the the thing, the conclusion that I come to most of the times when it comes to what the Raptors would want for OG is like a very young, a, a young prospect that they believe in. Plus maybe another prospect that could be interesting. Plus a pick. Okay. And then, um, and and then the protections on the pick, I think, would be dependent on what they believe in the prospects, right? So okay. it depends what team. But when you come to the Pelicans and like there is that history of them being interested in Dyson, I think they probably have them high on their prospect list, right? So, okay, so let's let's move forward here because I, I can talk I can talk about the possibility sure. of OJ and Anobi and I yeah, got yeah, 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 too many photoshops in my phone. Him and the Pelicans, here. but <laughs> um, let's talk let's talk Gary Trey Jr. who. I I've been feeling over the past couple of weeks is more um is more of the realistic route mm-hmm. and um just makes the most sense based off of what you you know herbs people man you know the Pelicans Pelicans fans and faithful Herb Jones second round pick on that deal the way that he's played, we know what he can do defensively, and he's starting to find ways again, again offensively to affect the game without without his jump shot falling. But mm-hmm. like people don't want to give that up because it's not like from a value perspective that that's 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 hard to find right at that size. So I get I get that, and the question has been when it comes to OG, well, how much better is that, and is that worth you know attacking um, attaching a young player and draft capital too? Gary Trey Jr. I don't think you know it's clear where he fits immediately. I don't think he's yeah. taking anything away from anyone. You know he's going to be able to score. You know what he's going to be able to provide, especially through our injuries. It's more mm-hmm. so, what do you do with him beyond this year? You know, yeah, because you got to pay him exactly. Yeah. And what what do you what are you willing to pay a guy like that for a team that is going to be talking about being close to the luxury tax and what's what player is worth going there or being close to that number? Um, educate me and the fan base a little bit on Gary Trent Jr. for those that don't get a chance to watch every game, um, Raptor game yeah. or even Blazers game in the past. I think honestly, man, Gary is a, a certified bucket. He's really young. He's, I think, 24 years old. And the thing that you can rely on with him is the fact that he'll find his rhythm. Um, he goes through these streaks. There's no doubt in my mind. He's like a streaky shooter. He's this off the bench kind of like microwave scorer. But I think he finds his rhythm consistently. And this year, more than anything, I think we learned that he was comfortable coming off the bench just as much as he was starting. And he obviously he looked better as a starter because he just got more touches. But when it came to him coming off the bench, he didn't really make any complaints or or anything like that. And that that actually weighed with the way the Raptors front office looks at him. I actually I am not 100% sold on them moving Gary anymore. I don't think they end up moving him um, because there's been an interest level there for them to keep him. So I'm not sure. Maybe that is, maybe again, that is posturing. But if they were to move him, I think he's a guy who can spread the floor for you, who can 
create his own shot at a very difficult rate. Like he hits tough shots. He hits tough shots. The only thing I would say is that his defense is not even a quarter of what OG can do on defense. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So like, and I would say with the way you guys play the scheme that you guys play defensively with the switching, um, I don't know if that's the greatest scheme for him, although he does play a switch heavy style this year. I mean, it's it's tough to say for me how he would fit in New Orleans. Uh, I think the touches would be there. I think him getting offensively, there's no question about that. But the defensive side of things, I think the difference to your point earlier about like the difference between Trent and OG and like if it's worth it for your team, I would think it's worth it because it see, it all depends on the team. Like if you were the Indiana Pacers and you were asking me right now, hey, does it make sense for me to go to go for OG Ananobi? I'd say, I mean, maybe if you see him as a long-term fit, but that's not going to help your team as much as it would help the Pelicans or it, the Grizzlies, for that matter. He is worth more to those teams than he is to another team. So I just, yeah, I think I think for you guys, the main prize should be OG. But you know what I mean? Like, I get the, I get the realistic aspect of things with Gary, but I just, I don't know if that's that's a guy that makes a hundred percent sense for you guys to go in and buy depending on price. Um, if if that makes sense. No, no, no. It does make sense. I'm going to, I'm going to word a quick word from my sponsor here as, and then I'm going to ask you about possible compensation for Gary Trent question on Pascal and then we'll wrap up. Okay. All right. Quick word here from my guys at DraftKings Sportsbook. Are you guys ready for the biggest Super Bowl Sunday in sports? DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner on Super Bowl 57, has an all has all the Super Bowl action you need. New customers can bet just up to $5 and get 200 bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get in on Super Bowl 57 excitement with DraftKings Happy Hour Super Boost. Got to check the app between 6 and 9 p.m. Eastern for updates to see what prop boot will be a list will be listed. Uh, be sure you see the you see the link there, the code boot B O T. And you can instantly bet $5 on Super Bowl 57 and get up to $200 in bonus bets instantly. Code boot. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. You can also text HOPE-NY or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY. Um, so, S, back to, back to Gary Trent Jr. Real quick. Um, there have been reports about first-round pick. Maybe there've been reports about him. Maybe a few seconds. What do you think is going to cost to get a guy like Gary Trent if Toronto does decide to move him? I think a late lotto, uh, or sorry, like a late late first, late lotto, something like that. That that would make a lot of sense for me. Probably something this year, like a twenty twenty three first. Um, but then there's the there's this other idea that they can maybe just go for like a a prospect plus a couple seconds. So if if it was I don't know, not not prop, not necessarily a prospect like that. Not, you know, a Dyson Daniels or a Herb. I don't think he gets you that. But if you kind of have a reclamation project, you'd be interested in like Cam Reddish in two seconds type of thing. Or, you know what I mean? Something along the lines of that. I'm not I'm not sure what Gary's value is, to be honest with you, because there's been less conversation about him than there is about an OG or a Fred or a Pascal even. You know, I think Gary's value depends on how much you value what he does shooting wise what he does and and if you believe it sticks like if you think that what he is right now is a guy that will end up being 
one of the best shooters in the NBA because that's what he has to do in order to be successful in the league. Like, yeah, it, it just, huh. it depends. Yeah. It depends on what you believe in him. And I will say to Gary, the, the Gary point, his value is probably skewed a little bit because it's just, it's hard to dictate with the streaky shooting. Yeah. Where, where exactly teams sit on him. So I, I'm not sure. Okay. I'm not, and that's, that's totally respectable. Um, Quick, is there any chance that we see a Pascal Siaka move? Um, is does that is that something that we could possibly see? Maybe not. Maybe not necessarily to the Pelicans, but but yeah. at all anywhere. It would be hard for me to see um, one a team trading for Pascal and the Raptors trading in midseason. Um, I think there's a pretty good chance that they wait until the summer to assess that situation because. Mm-hmm. In the summer, he'll be, he'll only have one more year left on his deal. And then he may, if he makes all NBA this year, he might be super max eligible. So that changes some things for the Raptors. I don't know if that, that changes too much, but I think Siakam is happy here. I think it takes a godfather type offer for them to say yes. Like if we're going back to the, let's, let's compare it to the OG package that we talked about, right? Mm-hmm. I think you'd have to include two of Dyson, Herb, and Trey, plus multiple first-round picks instead of just the one pick. And then now you're in the ballpark of a Pascal Siakam. So I, I think that's how much they that, – like that's a tough pill to swallow for you. I, I, I understand. That's tough. But that's what the offers would be. Like that's the type of stuff that would make them second-guess and be like, oh, um, I mean, maybe, maybe we will. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I'll be honest, man. If, if, if what you're saying about what it would take to acquire OG Ananobi is um, what's actual cost, if that's, if, if that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Whew, I do not want to hear reports. If a deal isn't done, I do not want to hear reports that that's, <laughs> that's what it costs. But that's just me. That's just me. Um, I, you know, I, I, I'm just, I'm a, I'm a fan of OG. And e- e- even if it's not, I, I can't promise you that I'm not saying that OG's a, you know, the finishing pieces on a, you know, for a championship team when it comes to the, for this Pelicans team, we still have only seen 10 games of the three best players playing together. Yeah. I'm, I'm a believer in the talent. And, and I think you, you might not have another, another opportunity, um, to acquire a dude like that. Cause once he is free agency, uh, he's, you know, he's going to get a bag and he's, I mean, he's, I mean, He's gonna have a lot of bidders. Um, yeah. So I mean, you're tra- you're trade you're essentially trading for the right to re-sign him right now. Basically, that's the, basically, right. That's the mm-hmm. only r- really. I mean, yeah, I get it. He's young and he can fit into your core, but at the same time, it's someone you got to believe in for the next five plus years. You know. So. Okay, so um, my my fine. We'll we'll wrap up with this. Sure. OJ Ananobi, I want you to give me a percentage, the percentage of in in your opinion based off what you know what you believe of him being traded and then i want the percentage of him being traded to the pelicans mm-hmm. we'll start with og all right well i'll say i think he's 100 percent going to get traded at some point the deadline i would drop that down to 50 percent. okay uh the pelicans i would drop that down to about Probably like twenty five percent, maybe thirty percent. 
maybe okay. 30%. Okay. But I, I, I think they're like, you know, based on what has been reported, based on what we've seen um, regarding OG and how he wants to expand his role somewhere else. I think there is a chance that they end up not, not even a chance. I think there's no doubt that they would end up moving him in the summer. But okay. whether whether this deadline is the exact moment they end up trading him, I'd give it like a 50% chance. And then it, it, if it goes to the Pelicans, yeah, like 30%. Okay. Um, and let's do the same for Gary Trey Jr. Chances he's traded overall and then the percentage of that trade sending him to the Pelicans. I would say it is a 50-50 shot that he gets traded. And mm. I would say there's probably a 5 to 10% chance he gets traded to the Pelicans. Man, it's a I'm, low chance. It's a lower chance. It's a lower chance that he gets traded to the Pelicans for sure. I'm I'm anticipating <laughs> whenever Twitter starts to work again, my DMs be being on fire because I get so many Gary Trent Jr. Believe it or not, man, I think more people, <laughs> more Pelicans fans are interested in Gary Trent Jr. Gary well, I, I I get it from like a a cost perspective yeah. you know what i mean i get it from that perspective because it's obviously less to acquire him you can still get the shooting he's probably a better shooter than og and he is a better shooter than og Ananobi. and like yeah i i get it but the defensive difference is is large it's massive um and i don't know how a i don't know how a backcourt of cj and him gets a lot of stops that's all i'll say yeah yeah i mean he he'd have to be it'd have to be a six-man kind of kind of role yeah. I think you know um, if if you bring him in, with sometimes I think that would would be refreshing to the team. But um, you know, you just if if you look at what they what you hope them to be when they are healthy and some of the flashes that you've seen, you'd rather add another person that can impact your team defensively with a little bit of shooting. That's how I look at it. But with this team, you just never know because someone's always hurt, and you know. So I get it. Um, yeah, guys, I really appreciate it. Um, everybody who pulled up, please. Tap in, tap in with S. You gotta follow him on Twitter at just S Bar Barhini. Um, sure. You know we gotta we gotta do this again, and hopefully, you know, you know, we'll interact on Twitter if um, if a trade happens at all, or if it is a Raptors trade. Also, guys, this podcast is also sponsored by Birdsaw Law Firm, the official injury lawyers of Boo Crew Media, located at nine one eight Porridge Street by the Superdome. Give them a call at 504-523-5413. If you or someone you know have been involved in an accident, be sure to, be, to mention that we sent you. S, hopefully we go back to a working Twitter app yes. website. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. We need it. I mean, look, we got, I don't know how many hours we got left until the trade deadline, but it's less than 24, and I need that to work tomorrow morning. At the very least, I need Twitter to be back up tomorrow morning. I will say um to the pelicans people who are listening i appreciate you guys y'all the team you guys have had the first 20 or so games uh maybe even more that i watched of the pelicans you guys were my favorite watch of the entire nba man it was so much fun to watch zion just absolutely dominate just dominate the dude the game that he had against the raptors i was like man this is some this is like this is like LeBron level dominance. Uh, the Raptors had not been dominated like that since LeBronto. Like that's how we saying that. That was like the uh, start. That was like the start of his run, like of that period, like leading yeah, to the right. runs and then the Timberwolves game. But but the Raptors game yeah. to me was the start. 
Man, I I can't wait until he gets back. Uh, I'm I'm excited to see how it works with Ingram and CJ and whatnot. And yeah, if you guys end up making any moves, that will be cool to watch too. But you guys seriously have been like a joy to watch, man. That's why that's why I'm 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 so I need Dyson. I need <laughs> Dyson, bro. Anyway. Uh, and and. and- and you know what? I'd be more than happy if if I was in power <laughs> to make that move in and, and, and take OJ and OB off your hands. But there's a reason why they don't pay me to do that. So, yo, Fair. for S, for me, Boo Crew, In Space, appreciate y'all. We out of here.